You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. Before we get into this message, I want to open up my heart a little bit and share uh, with maybe what inspired this message. And I didn't even realize it um, till much later in preparation. And maybe you can relate to this. In growing up as a child, the Lord brought back in my memory how I always wanted to do something great. Anybody growing up ever just, you want to do something great? Anybody at all? So what was your, you was inspired to be a loser or what? (laughs) And uh, so all through life, honestly, and I was obsessed with motocross. I mean, from the time I was this big, uh, I rode motorcycles. You know, we didn't have Game Boy and all this other stuff. Um, and I rode from the time I got up to the time we went to bed at nighttime. And I, I, I practiced. Kent Vance is here. He'll tell you. Honestly, I would have the Vance boys lay down, and I would jump them across the bank. And the last Vance boy was always a little nervous. But, and that's a true story, isn't it, Kent? And, but I, I was good. I, I mean, I was good, but I was never great. Never could get a sponsor. In baseball, uh, Little League, I was good, but I wasn't great. Uh, I can go on high school basketball. I played up to my junior year. I was good, but I never got in the starting five. I never got closer to number six. Never was great. And it bothered me in my life. Has anyone ever dealt with anything like that? So let's learn a little bit. The title of the message, The Most Important Thing. So what I'm talking about this morning is the greatest thing in the world. You see, I didn't get a sponsor in motocross. Somebody else did. I didn't get the starting position. Somebody else did. But that, those things were not the most important things in life. Somebody else always got it, and I never got it. But what I'm going to talk about this morning is the greatest thing in the world, and it's not just for somebody else. We all have the ability and the availability to do the greatest thing in the world. Stand with me as we read the Word of God. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And I I just got to say, I just sense his presence here right now. And I believe there's a still spirit, just a hush. And I believe those little bit of words that I just said that I had no intention on saying until I was walking up here has touched somebody here this morning. And you feel like it's always been somebody else. Well, today we're going to give you the key to the greatest thing in the world, to being the greatest. In Mark's gospel, chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus said this, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Somebody say strength, because that's where I'm really going to focus today. 
says, this is the first commandment. Let me read this again. Jesus said, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. How do we do this? You know, I said a couple weeks ago, I want to teach, and I, I want to make a difference in your life. I really do. So I pray that you would pay attention today. Another thought that just came to my mind while Pastor Reed was praying. Back many years ago when I had Jewel City Quartet, we was opening in Virginia for a full-time group, a professional group. See, we were good, but we were never great. Somebody else got it. I came off the stage and honestly, it just came to my mind. Bill Payton, he had the singing group at that time, the professional group. And he said, Robert, you always want to grandstand them. The presence of God don't always come in the grandstand. It always don't come in the shout. So I'm going to try this next season in my life not to be concerned about grandstanding, but be concerned about just teaching and preaching his word. So how do we love the Lord God with all of our strength? We're, we're not alone. We're not left alone to figure it out. So I want to take us back now into the Old Testament, into Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. Here. Somebody say here. O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Here we are, clear back in the Old Testament. This passage of scripture is called the Shema. From the Hebrew word meaning to hear. Say it again, hear. hear. Verse four, I read it again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Here we are now. Centuries later, somebody asked Jesus to name the greatest thing that we can do. In parallel passages in the Gospels, Jesus quoted the Shema from Deuteronomy in Mark's Gospel and in Matthew's Gospel. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. How do we do this? God's law is not burdensome. They can be reduced to very simple two principles. Love God and love others. Very simple. It's not hard. Love God and love others. When you Love God completely and you care and you love for others as you do yourself, then you have fulfilled the intent of the whole 10 commandments. And you can read them all. When you put God number first and when you love others like you love yourself, you will bring to fulfillment all of the other 10 commandments. So love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This, he said, is more important than anything else. My experience, everybody else got the great. But what I'm talking about today, we all have access to the greatest thing 
in the world that anybody can do, and that is to love God with everything that you have. If you believe that, give God a hand and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's the greatest thing in the world. So what does it mean to do something with all of your strength? With everything that you got, what does it mean? When was the last time you or I did everything, did something with every bit of strength that we had? It's probably been a while because Ryan's buffet closed down. <laughs> you look at athletes and how they compete with all their strength and they're breaking records putting every last ounce of their strength into the challenge. And sometimes very few reach the level that they, reach. they win the gold, they win the silver, possibly the bronze medal. And that's great, but what makes it better when an athlete wins everything and he's standing there and he's got the bronze or the gold or the silver. How could it be any better than that? Beside their name, they have two letters that says PR. And that doesn't mean Pastor Robert. <laughs> Personal record. They've won the gold, but they've pushed themselves not only to defeat everybody around them, but they have a PR beside their name that they just beat their best record in anything, anytime that they had ever done. And the challenge that I have for us this morning is that God will look down from heaven above and put a PR beside of our name because we have achieved a personal record of serving the Lord greater than anything that we have ever done, that we could stand up and rise up and rise above what record we've ever had in our love for God. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. <laughs> to do something with all of your strength, it implies intensity. Sustained effort and ongoing concentration. And I said it to the staff in our first meeting of the year, and I think I've said it the last couple of Sundays here. If you don't go the extra mile, don't expect the extra blessing. In every area in our lives, especially with loving God, if we don't go the extra mile, don't expect the extra blessing. Do you hear me? I've been coaching my son. He starts a job tomorrow at Bombardier, and I keep telling him, if you don't go the extra mile, don't expect the extra blessing, and that is in everything in our life. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. That's the way to word to love God. It's the most important thing that we could ever do. Nothing compares to loving God. At the end of the journey, the only thing that will matter, it won't be if you won the Olympics, it's your love for God. The Apostle Paul characterized the last day as being a time when people would be lovers of pleasure. Last times, the last days. The Apostle Paul, don't get mad at me, get mad at him. Listen to what he said in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, the second part of 
verse four, he said, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now the average, somebody say average. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's not talking about me. The average church member today does not allow church to come between them and their pleasure. They don't. The average church member comes to God's house when it fits their schedule. When I grew up, my mom and dad, they, they was one schedule. It was God's schedule. Amen, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, just because there's a snowstorm coming today did not inspire this message because I got this message back about Monday before I knew there was any kind of snowstorm coming. But it is amazing, and I can hear my mom's voice, and the older you get, the things that annoyed you when you was a kid when mom and dad spoke is the same things that annoy my kids about me now. We'd come home from church, and it was, it's, it's written in God's word that you go to church on Sunday morning, and then you come home and you eat, and then you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's in God's word. <laughs> and we would be sitting there, and I just want to watch the Steelers. And my mom would, she would sit there, and that, just that little soft, humble voice, she'd say, wonder what God thinks. It's one o'clock. There's 70,000 people there. You know they didn't have time to go to church today. This was every week, every week. So I'm watching the Steelers last Sunday. Last Sunday morning, we were down 90 in attendance. Why? It rained. And I'm watching the Steelers last Sunday and it's pouring the rain down the cameras. They look up into the lights and you can see the rain just slamming down and I could hear my mom's voice. And I thought, I'm just like her. <laughs> Last night I'm flipping through the TV. New England Patriots are playing. It was somewhere around zero degrees to six degrees, but it felt like minus 12 and there's 100,000 people at a ball game. Why are they at a ball game when it's that cold? Because they love it. They love it. I can't decide whether I want to stay up there or down here. <laughs> Something touched my heart this morning, Mary. Stand up with me. Stand up, Mary. Normally I wouldn't do this, but I'm going to. How old are you, Mary? 85. 85. Who drove you here today, Mary? Mary. Mary, that's what I thought. <laughs> I promise you we're down 200, 150 maybe, 200 day. Why? Going, why? <laughs> Listen to me, the simplest definition of idolatry, idolatry, is loving something or someone more then we love the Lord. Huh. If I were to ask you, what is the worst sin possible to commit? You might say child abuse. And I would agree, it's terrible. You might say genocide. 
And I would agree. But the worst sin of all is failure to be in love with God. In love. When Leanne and I was dating, true story, I'd talk on the phone with her till six o'clock in the morning. Did we not? Six o'clock in the morning. Then I'd get up, get cleaned up, and go to work and sleep at my desk. <laughs> Why? Because I was in love with Leanne. God help me here. <laughs> and it's great. And it gets gooder and gooder and gooder. But the greatest thing in the world is to be in love with God. Do you hear me? To be in love with God. I'm asking you today, are you in love with God with all of your strength? Are you giving everything that you've got to God? Are you putting him number one in your life? I'm telling you, it is the only thing that'll satisfy. If you believe that, give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So the worst sin is the breaking of the greatest commandment. So if we can identify, Jesus said, the first and the greatest commandment is what? Is loving God. So we can identify that. So the greatest sin is falling out of love or not falling in love with God. So the Lord measures our love for him. And there's an interesting scripture and I'm gonna share it with you in Deuteronomy chapter 13. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods. Other gods, there's all kind of other gods for people. All kind, I can name them, I just named some. Which thou hast not known and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you, proveth you, he tests you, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. If there comes to you in this life an individual, I'm probably gonna get myself in trouble here, but I've been in trouble a lot. A lot of people come to church to find a mate. And that's a good place to find a mate, by the way. I'm not, I'm not against that. It worked for Janessa, it worked for Patrick, okay? <laughs> Some of you know who I'm talking about. But if you're only coming to church to find a mate, and if you're the mate that that person shows up to get, you better be real careful. Because in most situations, and this was not Patrick, and this was not Janessa, most people, when they get what they come after, they leave. Some of the young men that are here right now from Bridgeport, I remember several years ago when they came with the Pentag girls, I said to him, I've got a question to ask you. And I asked the polling young boy, I said, are you here because you're a God chaser or are you here because you are a skirt chaser? And he looked at me and he had a great answer. He said, both. <laughs> Here's another example. I want you to get a better job. 
I can name names right now. I thought about it all day yesterday. People that used to be dedicated to God and to the church, but they got a better job making better money and sometimes better jobs making better money will take you out of God's presence and God's house. And the next thing you know, your whole family's messed up. So when something shows up, make sure it's of God and put God first in every situation and everything else in your life will go according to God's plan. Give him a hand. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you learning anything? So how do we do all this? If you love the Lord, it means that you love, you can hardly wait for his appearing. I told my wife last night, we were apart all day yesterday. I said, man, I miss you today. When you're in love with somebody, you miss them. When you're in love with God, you can't wait for his appearing. When I'm waiting on my wife and I see her coming down the driveway, it still gives me the whoopie jubies or whatever it is. <laughs> Second Timothy four and eight, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And listen to me, and not to me only, but unto all them that also, what? Love his appearing. Until he comes, we are to demonstrate our love for him. God is demonstrative toward us. So listen to this in Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while, somebody say while, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. While we were yet sinners, these are amazing words. God sent Jesus to die for us, not because we were good enough, but because God loved us. You cannot be good enough, but God loves us that much. So he longs for you and I to respond. So how do we do all this? I got several points I wanna make and then we'll go home and we'll shovel snow. First by putting, how do we do this? By putting him first in everything and everyone else in this life, everything. Putting him first. I struggle with what I'm preaching today to you. So I am not self-righteous. I struggle because there's so many things I love to do and I get in trouble when I put those things ahead of God. Can somebody else act like you're not religious and say, I got the same problem? If somebody beside you didn't say that, knock them out. Because they're lying in God's house. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. How in the world can he expect that out of you and I? How can he expect me to love him more than I love my mom, more than I love my dad that I visibly could see or my wife or my children? What would give him the right to expect us to love him like that? Because he knows way more than you and I know. And he knows that if we'll love him more than them, every other relationship in our life will be healthier. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you love God more than you love your mom, your dad, your children, and even your pastor, 
Every other relationship in your life will be healthier. But when you get to the place you would rather be with your job, your hobby, your homeboys, your girlfriends at, at the parlor, getting your nails done, soccer, any other thing more than you love God and love his presence, you are out of bounds and everything is gonna go south. If you believe it, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So how do we do this? I keep saying that. How should we respond? Second, by saying we love him. We love him. I'll ask you a question. Have you ever told anybody that you love the Lord? Have you ever told anybody that you love the Lord? A friend of mine, he's here this morning. We were sitting in a, in a, in a luncheon and he was able to share with a family member of his and I was so proud of him. He said, I want you to know that I love Jesus. So how do we love him with all of our strength? One of the ways is by saying we love him. Can you tell somebody that you love him? It's easy to stand in here and act like everybody knows. But what about out there? What about the Psalms, the Psalm of David in chapter 18, verse one, he said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. I will love thee. When's the last time you told the Lord, Lord, I love you? I love you, Lord, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind and all of my strength, Lord. I love you. Can you say it? So how do, we, how do we love him? How do we do all this? How do we give him first place in our life? By acknowledging his name. And that's by not using it in vain also. Psalms 91 and 14 says, because he have set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him up on high. What? Because he hath known my name. What a promise. Says the Lord, I will rescue you. I will protect you because you acknowledge my name. If we love him, we will gladly and proudly acknowledge him before others. How long, have, have you ever told somebody? How do you acknowledge him? My wife and I love to give tips to waitresses, sometimes more than the bill. It opens up a door. Anybody got any cash? Bruce, you got any cash? I can't lie in church, so yeah. You got some cash? Can I borrow it? Where'd you get them socks at, man? Holy smokes, somebody needs sunglasses on. Look at you. Oh my. I got the cash. Oh my goodness. Mary just said, oh my goodness. You was gonna give me some? I'll take that too, Mary. Nah, I'd rather, I'd rather spend Bruce's. So let's just say we're in a restaurant and I'm just gonna act like my wife is the waitress. Wow, Bruce. <laughs> we just wanna bless you. See, when I just said I wanna bless her, that opened up a door. Bless, that word, bless. It just makes a statement that I'm a Christ follower. So we want to bless you because God has been good to us. Because God has been good to us. I just acknowledged my father. And it opens up a door that we can talk. So you've done a fine job and I want you to keep that money. No, no, you keep that money, okay? 
Bruce, I'll give you back your cards, okay? You might want to count those cards too, all right? Does anybody know? Does anybody know that you're a Christ follower? How how, how, how do we do all this? There's a series of things. The longest chapter in the Bible talks about loving God's word. And let me just briefly, it's Psalms chapter 119. Let me just share a few. I delight in your commands because you love them. Hmm. God's word. Do you love God's word? Do you love God's word? Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. That's verse 97. I hate double-minded people, but I love your law, verse 113. I love your statues, verse 119. I love your commands more than gold, 127. Your promises have been thoroughly tested and your servant loves them, verse 140. I could go on and on down through Psalms 119. How do we do these things? We acknowledge God's name. We love his word. We long for his appearing. How do we do this? By obeying him. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, obedience. Jesus said, stand with me, stand with me this morning. Somebody come to the piano. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, please don't lose focus. We won't be long. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you gotta be obedient if you love me. Verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Pretty simple, isn't it? All these things that I've shared with you is pretty basic. How do we do this? A sixth point, by hating evil. Psalms 97 and 10, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil. The Bible teaches us to abstain from the appearance of evil, to have a distaste, that you don't want to be a part of it. Seventh point, how, how do we do this by conversing? How do, we, how do we love him? How do we love him? Here's another area. Sometimes I'm, I just get caught up in things and I don't take the proper time to pray like I should pray. And I know I'm the only one in the house that has that problem. Psalms 116 and one, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Can I be honest with you? There's been times on Sunday mornings that during worship, I have stood right there and my spirit speak to me and say, You've not prayed this week like you need to pray. I can tell when I've not prayed like I need to pray, I can tell when I don't have the anointing that I need to have. I can tell. How God blesses those who really love him and make an effort to love him with all of our strength. This is how God blesses us, just quickly. He will show us love for a thousand generations. That's Exodus. 
He will send rain in its seasons and drive out the enemy. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 11. He will become our very life and bestow tangible blessings on us. That's Deuteronomy chapter 30. He will make us like the sun rising in its strength. That's Judges chapter 5. He will turn to us and have mercy on us. That's Psalms 119. He will watch over us. That's Psalms 145. He will love us and make his home with us. That's John 14 and 21. He will work all things for our good. That's Romans 8 and 28. He will prepare for us things that are beyond what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, and what our minds have imagined. That's 1 Corinthians. So what is the strength that you and I need? He will give us the grace that we need, Ephesians 6 and 24. We need the grace of God. Amen. Love him. I want to see PR beside my name. Personal record. How do I get that? By going the extra mile to fall in love with God. And when I go the extra mile, I'll get the extra blessing and I'll beat my personal record. I'm not in competition with you. And I'm not asking you to beat your neighbor. I'm not asking you to say, well, look at me. I'm better than my neighbor. I'm, I'm challenging us to look for a PR beside of our own name that says we have beat our personal record in love of God with all of our mind, our soul, our spirit, our strength. Can we do that? Can we do that? Life is short. Life is short. Dave Palmer sitting in my office this morning. He said he can remember years ago when he was working, he would say to the older crew, how much longer do you have before you retire? And he said now in the last couple of years, these young guys are looking at him and saying, much longer do you have before you retire, Johnny? Huh? It's the end of the journey and we're all coming to it. Will you love God with all of your heart? Every eye closed and every head bowed. How long has it been since you pursued God with all of your strength, with all we sing these songs that says, Lord, I give it all to you. I wonder if we're singing the truth. How long has it been? I'm speaking to the Christians here this morning. Is there any house in the house that could say, Pastor, I'm not pursuing God. I'm not loving him with all of my strength. If that's you, slip your head, slip your hand up high. Slip your hand up high. I got both of mine up. Both of mine. God, help us all. Help us all, Lord God, to, to hear, to hear this word today, God. Lord, we bless you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. If you're here this morning and you have never prayed and asked Christ into your heart, then that relationship of love, it's not there. But today, Spirit of the Lord tugging at your heart. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to drag you down here. 
If you'd like to give your life to Christ, you'd like to pray today and ask God to forgive you of your sins, and you'd like to begin a love relationship with your Heavenly Father, would you slip your hand up high right where you're at? Slip your hand up high and say, today, I'll see your hand. I'll see your hand, ma'am. Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Every head smiled and every eye closed. Ma'am, I want to say something. During worship, I looked over and I seen you, I believe, standing right here at the end of this aisle. And the Lord laid on my heart that he was going to speak to you today. I mean that. So today, you just signed up for the greatest thing in the world. And that's to fall in love with God, to receive his love and in return, give him your love. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, would you take someone by your hand, by the hand beside of you? You're making a public confession. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. I want you to look at me, would you? Just look at me. Pray this prayer. Pray it out loud in just a low voice. Heavenly Father, today, I humble myself and acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I ask you to enter into my heart, my heart, my life, my mind, my soul. And from this day forward, I'll do my best with all of my strength to learn about you, to love you, to follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Can we all give God a hand clap and shout of praise. You know, last week I made a statement. I said, when we make a decision, it affects everybody around us. And I was speaking about negative choices. It's no different with a positive choice because what just took place there affected one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. I seen tears going, I watched them all. So your choice affected people around you that love you. Man, man, you don't get, I think we can do better than that. Thank you, Lord. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 